welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and I'm joined today by an important person in my life. Um, she is the owner and founder of Wisconsin Music Ventures, um, which is a job that I am the spotlight specialist for. Um, it's a program Wisconsin-based artists can uh, sign up for memberships to play gigs at unconventional venues all across uh, town and across Milwaukee and beyond. Um, she is also the uh, uh, host of the podcast, The Musician's Venture. Um, she's a classically trained French horn player. And I'm excited to talk to her about her passions, artistry, and why she does what she does. Thank you very much, Allison, for joining me today. Yeah, thank you, Ben, for having me on here. This is great. Bet. Hey, I was just saying, uh, I was on your podcast. Now uh, you're on mine. It's the way it goes. Yeah, you know? I love it. What goes around comes around, right? <laughs> Absolutely. To start, how are you doing today? I'm having a pretty good day. Yeah, I went for a walk with the dogs. It's really nice outside. Have you been outside today? Not yet, um, but I will be walking to work after this. So I will be in I'll bask in the in the sun in the what 60 degrees yeah yeah Such yeah great April yeah yeah I know it's it's been a weird week it was like snowing on Monday <laughs> that was terrible um but no it, it feel I mean my windows cracked I'm gonna probably have to put the AC in soon um but uh yeah uh very nice day today oh and I, I started my day today when uh my spotlight of the week, of course. Yeah. yeah. I love reading that. And uh, yeah, you talked with Costia. He's the man. Yeah. He, he, he might have a nicer beard than you do. Probably. Uh, <laughs> his has a couple years on mine, though. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. Yeah. 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 But it was really nice to talk to him. He's just done a lot of super uh, neat stuff with film scores and um tribute recordings and you know he's internationally renowned and that's just another testament of how cool it has been meeting some of the folks involved in wisconsin music ventures i must say yeah thank you it's a really big variety of musicians from all sorts of genres of music i mean there's definitely a, a lot of original artists and uh, composers in some cases in costia's case um but there's really such a big variety of of types. I mean, pretty much any genre under the sun is rep represented, you know, from Wisconsin too. It's like, wow, I didn't even know we had, you know, yoga musicians here <laughs> or, you know, whatever else yeah. there is. So, yeah. And we're going to talk all about that um, for sure. Uh, but to start, Allison, what we talk about in Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity. And we first met about a year ago at this time. Yeah. We met at the old No Studios. Love No uh, Studios. Yeah. We do. Shout out to No Studios. Um, you bought me coffee. That was that was kind of you. And you sat me down. And I did a little breaking and entering write-up about Wisconsin Music Ventures. We just like sat and talked a little bit. And then next thing you know, you're offering me a job. Like <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You seemed like someone who was like really um, into the scene and and knowledgeable, and I was like, I want that energy around what we have happening. Oh, yeah. And so yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, um, it's been fun to participate in, and you know, you say that I'm in tune with the scene, but honestly, you are too. Like I've I've met a lot of people um through doing this work um because i'm i was never really it's taken me a bit more time to uh kind of breach into more of like the 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 classical uh music scene the, the jazz music scene even the um cover band scene like i i don't i don't i haven't been as like as well versed in that until you know interviewing artists for the spotlights on on wisconsin music ventures and so it's been a very uh, symbiotic relationship we have going on. Uh, yeah, for sure. And honestly, um, you know, a lot of original musicians 
end up uh, working in other areas of music, such as the cover bands or uh, the, the sync licensing, like Hosea has done with getting his music into film and TV, um, because it it pays the bills. Um, sometimes it's in sometimes it is something that they actually want to do too <laughs> but um but then it allows them to still do their own music um and uh so there's just so many varieties of ways to make money in this business but um you know so it's it, you know I, i've heard a few of them say you know hey as long as i'm able to make music for a living i'm glad to be doing it so that's rad because it's like like you said i mean this is a lot of people's passion that they work tirelessly for and but you know it to make it their livelihood as well also makes it a lot easier um to excel in their crafts and whatnot so um yeah it's been really cool and um and like i said we're going to talk all about you know the, the the program itself and everything but to start we'll take it back so allison um where did you grow up I grew up really close to where I am now. I, uh, you know, I grew up in mostly Wauwatosa, uh, on the east side of Wauwatosa, and I now live on the west side of Wauwatosa. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> I was in Milwaukee for a few years in there, um, but yeah, it's uh, I did not get very far, um, geographically speaking, <laughs> but. Uh, I have, I mean, I like to say I've gotten pretty far in other ways, but <laughs> but no, I, I've been, you know, in the Milwaukee area pretty much my whole life. I left for college, um, but ended up back here, so. Right on, sure, gotcha. Um, so, so as mentioned at the beginning, uh, I know that you, um, you play French horn. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess we'll start there. Like where did music really first kind of become a creative outlet for yourself, something that you um, became, something you, that you found passion in? How did it all start for you? Um, you know, I have to say like the, the very earliest time I remember um, doing music is like my, I had a great aunt who um, her husband had died. I never met him, but my parents were and our family was visiting her house and she had this old piano in the basement. And um, I just, as a small kid, I don't even remember how, I think I must've been second or third grade. I just really gravitated towards that piano and wanted to just make up some harmonies, some sounds and things. And since then my parents had, um, they, they saw that they should get me into piano lessons. And so that's kind of how that started. Um, and then eventually we got that piano uh, in our own house because it wasn't getting used there. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then band instruments start get, started to get introduced into the school program. And when that happened is when I uh, chose to uh, you know, pursue and uh, express interest in the brass instrument and the French horn. So, um, and then ultimately I kind of studied both and also have done some singing. And, um, but yeah, I really started pretty early on, um, like a lot of people in music, uh, you kind of you almost feel called to it um, and you just really, you know, I, I developed this real natural, um, yeah, just, just like I said, calling or in, and it's, it's definitely been um, almost like a therapeutic way for me to express myself. And I, I, you know, when I was young, I even wrote arrangements for piano and um, did what a lot of musicians uh, do typically. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Um, did, so you like you enjoyed practicing when you were younger, your instruments. I mean, <laughs> everyone you know has their goods and bads about practicing, and I still don't even like it. But um, I enjoyed learning certain aspects about, <laughs> yeah. and like and being able to take that and make it into my own stuff. And I think that's what a lot of musicians end up liking too. Uh, and then of course, there's always um, the, uh, the certain ty types of pieces that you come along that really resonate with you. And then you really, you know, glom onto those and enjoy playing them for performances and things. Um, practicing is never fun for anyone, but at least it gives you that foundation yeah. to build off of and that's where it's you know 
and that's what I, I, I still teach um, privately myself right now. I teach a lot of students um, kind of on, a side, on the side. And um, I, that's what I, I, you know, I have this conversation with them all the time too. It's like, I understand it's not always the most fun to practice, but we're, the reason we're doing this is because it's like setting the stage for like you learning what you want to do with this instrument. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's that's well put. Um, that's a philosophy that was kind of hard to grasp at uh, 12 years old. Yeah, was, <laughs> right. Because uh, I was in band in middle school. Oh, that's played, right. Yeah, played clarinet and uh, saxophone. And yeah, I hated practicing. I, it, I was very stubborn. A lot of times, like I would like when my mom would ask me, like if I if I practiced while she was out at work, I would lie and be like, "Oh yeah, I practiced," but I didn't practice. <laughs> but yeah, you know, um, and I think she knew that she knew that. Um, but at the same time, I mean, looking back in retrospect, it was fun to play your instrument in the scope of like being in a symphonic band. It just felt like you're a part of something really big and grand. Yeah. And I didn't really appreciate that at the time. But yeah. looking back, yeah, it was, it was cool. And, and you know, the music was capable of being very beautiful. Mad respect to anybody who is, who's stuck with it. Um, my dad is a trombonist. He didn't play for many years, but just picked it up a few years ago. And then he joined, like, the community band and, we saw his Christmas concert at the zoo. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, you were yeah. never too old for music. And yeah, I even have in my private studio, I have a couple adult students. It's totally true, though, because um, you never it's it can be like it, a lot of people, a lot of adults kind of feel that way. They want to go back and uh and, and learn and build on uh, or learn something that they they realize later that they should have done or wish they would have done more of so yeah yeah, yeah. so like you said never too old for it yeah so how would you start kind of uh entering like the the industry side of things the, the business side of things like as you would get older and whatnot well um in, in college, I, I went to Valparaiso University, which is in Indiana, but it's really like Chicagoland in that corner of Indiana. That's, it's like, Indiana's kind of weird. They're like that one state that's like on three different time zones because they're on like central time zone by Chicago and then on no time zone, like they just stay put no matter what. And in most of the state and then on the bottom part, they're on Eastern, so whatever. Um, uh, so in the top corner, top northwest corner, they're on Chicago time because they're so close to Chicago. And that's where I was. Um, but anyways, um, I was at school there and um, and I initially was thinking of studying music education. Um, and that was what I went there for the first year um, as. But then I found out that they had a music enterprises major. And, uh, and I, I was curious about that. Uh, I didn't really know what that meant, but I ended up trying that out. Uh, it did, I, at the time, it really didn't mean a lot, but I did end up taking the one music enterprise course they had and some business courses. And they had some outside of class like things happening for those business students and music business students, like a battle of the bands that we put on for the school and community there. And, uh, and you know, that included just like fundraising, I was writing grants, um, getting judges involved and things like that. Um, we took, I remember we went to the, we went on a field trip to the House of Blues in Chicago and got to go behind the scenes over there. Uh, that was really, really fun. So just learning a lot more about, um, you know, the business from those sort of extracurricular things. That was kind of like the first real um, insight into the scene there. And then I did end up graduating with a degree in music and a minor in journalism. Um, I was considering doing music journalism for work and I was doing some work in that field for a while, um, but it wasn't necessarily what I really enjoyed. Uh, but again, it did give me access to the music business. Um, and 
I honestly, I, I had a lot of trouble sticking, you know, really finding my way in the music business for a long time after that. I've tried a lot of different work um, in a lot of different types of places from music retail to I've done, you know, I've done performing, I've done conducting, I've done um, arts administration kind of things, a lot of different stuff. But um, what it all came down to it, you know, I think maybe the reason I had trouble settling on something is maybe because ultimately I was supposed to like make my own thing and and um, put together kind of a custom made business. So and uh, in, incorpor incorporate all the things that I really um, enjoy the most out of all of that stuff. So it's it's kind of how I'm seeing it now. Right on. Yeah, yeah. I can I can relate to that. You know, sometimes acquiring skill sets and meeting people um, that can very well um, set you on the path to, you know, yeah. eventually making your own opportunity, um, making something out of nothing, if you will. Um, and and yeah. uh, that seems to be exactly what you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and doing all those other things, you know, it, they, it didn't hurt at all. It really, I mean, it helps you to rule out what you don't want to do. It helps you to make a lot of connections in the fields that you were, you know, you still want to be in, um, and you know, as long as you stay, you know, on good, solid grounding there with those connections, um, then that can be really valuable, actually. So, um, and and that has definitely been the case. Um, so even now in Wisconsin Music Ventures, I'm like, I'm working with people and musicians that I met way back when I worked at um, Cassio Interstate Music when I was like 22. And yeah. I was just like, I don't know, just this annoying, you know, young college, just just got out of college student who was just like following all these musicians around like a lost little puppy. And um, like, they're like, who's this girl? And you know, what does she know? But she keeps showing up at all our shows. And <laughs> come to find out now i'm employing some of them so <laughs> yeah right it's yeah been, yeah yeah it's been very full circle <laughs> yeah crazy how tables turn like that um but <laughs> you're right yeah actually some uh some of the artists that yeah like i've spotlighted um have talked about the the casio days yeah. <laughs> and that's like how they met you yeah <laughs> um how did it all come into place yeah, it came into place in kind of a strange way. Um, and I'll, it wasn't something I was planning to do for sure um, right away. And um, for a long time, I was planning to pursue my my main instrument, French horn, a little bit more seriously. Oh, yeah, it's back there someplace. Um, and uh, so I was actually. Um, I didn't really have the discipline during college when I was actually really studying horn to pursue it professionally when I could have and should have back then. So maybe like six or seven years ago, I finally decided that I really wanted to. And I started listening to all these like podcasts on professional musicianship and um, music business to try and get um, back into the game, so to speak, and I, I bought myself a new custom instrument um, that I was on the waiting list for like two years to get, um, and it was very expensive, and I'm glad it, there was a waiting list that long, because that's about how long it took me to save money to get that thing, and, uh, and so that was the route that I was really headed on at first, um, and I was also simultaneously doing the private teaching and some school music teaching, um, and then right around the same time, um, I was starting to make some progress on the horn playing um, and at the professional level locally, um, some other orchestras in the area, but um, I had a lot of medical issues come up where um, they were all like abdominal area. And um, the, the main issue was called nutcracker syndrome of the left renal vein, which is like a stupid thing, but um, it's congenital. And um, like, if you have this and it causes pain, um, you can, like, you have to have a pretty major surgery to fix it. And so I had to have that done. 
um, and that didn't, it wasn't a success. And so I had to have many more surgeries. And so essentially long story short, I had like three years of being in and out with this stupid like issue and complications from it. And it's all like abdominal area stress in which if you play a brass instrument or any wind instrument really, um, if you're playing, especially at a higher level, you're, you have to put a lot of pressure on your abdominal area. And it, it, so this really made horn playing like impossible during this time period. And so just when I was really starting to get somewhere with that, I had to like not, you know, not, you know, put it all on hold. Um, so, but in, you know, doing a lot of my listening to podcasts and, you know, music business research during this time, um, I had come across a lot of information and um, other like music entrepreneurs and um, just cool things going on where I'm like, you know what, I, I think I can still um, make use of this time and, you know, try to maybe just reroute my goals for right now and, um, and maybe at some point later, there will be playing opportunities for me again. But um, so yeah, I did have to um, just kind of put plans on hold. I have uh, kind of a mentor um, and business coach to, to a degree who um, I've worked with. He's a brass player as well. Um, what I didn't know at the time is uh, at first is that I was listening to his brass musician podcast called The Brass Junkies which is like totally nerdy and, and it's, yeah. but it's really interesting and for me and, you know, it's helpful for me, but he also had this other podcast called the entrepreneurial musician. And he told me about that. And I started really getting into like what people were talking about on there. And, uh, and then also ultimately I was, I became a patron of his uh, and that allowed me to have some like um, to have coaching sessions with him and things like that. And so he kind of helped me to devise the plan for what it, you know, what ended up becoming Wisconsin Music Ventures. Um, so that I kind of, yeah, had a good focused plan. And, um, you know, he'd already helped me to get a website going for my horn playing and musician uh, site there. But then when things had to change, um, then we just shifted that. Um, and it was really helpful to have had some experience doing some business planning on the musician side mm. we just had to change it and refocus it to something totally different so yeah um so that's kind of the very long way of saying how it all worked out well no I, I appreciate you giving all the context to like having plans having to put plans in hold you know health issues are always a literally and figuratively a pain um yeah. So, but I'm glad that like all that subsided eventually and, you know, that you were able to start um, blueprinting and whatnot. Um, so for those that don't know, for those that aren't familiar, uh, if you would care to just broadly explain Wisconsin Music Ventures, like what it is, what it is not um, for, because a lot of people are like, when I'm describing it to people, they're like, oh, so it's like a booking agency. And I'm like, not quite, not quite. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So if you would care to explain. Yeah. And thank you for mentioning that because, um, yeah, and, and that's been like the tough part is we're not a booking agency. We're not really, um, I mean, we started off as a concert series, uh, kind of like a pop-up style concert series that was patron supported. Um, and that's uh, when I started in 2019. Um, and really, um, since then, and then, you know, summer of 2019 is, yeah, when we had the first events and we had about one or two events, uh, through until COVID happened and then everything shifted for like everyone in the world. Right. <laughs> um, and at that point in time, we had done enough, enough events, um, and that to the point where we gotten to know, um, a number of musicians, uh, pretty well and in doing what we were doing at that time you know we were patron supported because I myself am a you know musician um you know professional level I want to make sure that when we're working with musicians we want to you know be paying them appropriately so we you know the musicians that had worked with us um had had um seen us as sort of um you know 
trusted people in the industry because we were treating them well. And when COVID happened, um, the, the people that, that you know, trusted us with um, questions, you know, they came back to us and said, hey, like, this is, uh, this is crazy. I've never done anything like this before. Can you help us? And, and actually like Kostia is one of the people who like, I, I swear this is like, he is, is exhibit A as to why we shifted, um, you know, but there are others like him as well. Um, what do we do now? We've never experienced anything like this. He's been playing and composing music forever, but he's never had to shift to not doing that live. So, um, you know, so for people like that, um, we just, we started doing some workshops and some one-on-one, -on -one, you know, hang out, consulting kind of times. And uh, eventually we evolved that into sort of a member community thing. And uh, when we could, we started doing events again. Um, they looked a little bit different. So while we still do some of our own events, uh, we have gotten hired to partner with some venues to put on some events as well. Um, how it's different than a booking agency model is that when we are hired to work with people, it is, um, I mean, they're literally hiring us to be co-organizers of the event. Um, so we are like, you know, partnering on an, an event, they have our logo on it as well. So it's, uh, it has to be put on through our umbrella, essentially. So we, I mean, we're staffing the events, we're co-promoting it. Um, we are, you know, it's under our event licensing. So that is how it works and how it's different than a booking agency. So, and then we provide the musicians, we select the musicians and then ultimately also the musicians who are members with us are the ones who are prioritized for these events because that's kind of one of the perks uh, of this program. So, yeah, and it's, it's I mean, it is a totally different way of running a music business. It's not really like, I don't think there's anything like this really. Um, it's a very unique model um, probably uh, because it's just, it's evolved as things have had to change and shift because of what's been happening. Um, I still don't even know if it all makes sense. Like, I don't know, we're still trying things. <laughs> of course, right, but, right. I think it's been working out pretty well and we've gotten really good feedback. And now we're at the point in um, where we've had the musician membership for over a year now and we're getting renewals on that and the renewals are going really well. And that makes like, that is, that was the really, um, the, the litmus test I think for me is like, are we doing the right thing? Um, are we doing it in a way that is going to be um, accepted in the music community are we, cause you know, when you do something new, especially new in, um, a place where not a lot has been really changed, um, in the industry, uh, especially locally, like there, um, people don't really understand. Sometimes they feel threatened by it. You know, they just, they don't know what to think about it. And, um, I'm really glad that, um, that the musicians are renewing so yeah. easily, um, and that's been just, yeah, really, really wonderful. So um, yeah, it makes, yeah. I'm, and it's not gonna be for everyone. Not everyone understands the model. Not everyone wants to be a part of this like sort of community environment. Um, they're like, I just wanna play for gigs. Like, can I just play for a gig and get my money in, you know? And that's totally fine, I get that. But um, then that's just like, that's not exactly how we work here, so. Um, I mean, you can, but it, then you're just, um, you're going to be kind of looked at as like the, the guy who kind of is standoffish in the room. So, right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. No, I, I, I yeah. get what you're saying. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for, for explaining all of that. And, and I appreciate what you said about like how, you know, the model is, it's a unique model, yes, but it's also, you know, contingent on, what works and what doesn't work right like it's it's all that, that's what i appreciate is like it's it's a constantly adapting model that adapts to you know and especially you know how the world has been in the last couple of years it's been very unpredictable um something that could not have been foreseen by you know 
the average people in the scene that just want to, you know, play gigs and have good times and make some money doing it. Like people, but so, and so like, there's been a lot of fierce changes that, you know, constantly have to keep people, especially such a young business as, as yours is like, what can we try? What, what did we learn from doing this? what did work and, and how we can keep doing that and expand on it. Like it's constantly asking yourself what works and what doesn't work is the way to run a business properly. It's the way to run any organization properly, mm-hmm. really. Because if you don't, then, you know, you're eventually it's going to become obsolete and it's mm-hmm. not going to be effective. Um, so, yeah, so like props to you for, for doing so in such a you know difficult territory to navigate in with a lot of artists like you said i mean gigging musicians who this is their livelihood mm-hmm. like when when covid hit when everything was furloughed and put on and and shut down for a while like yeah what were they supposed to do like it's if that's like their career to do like they 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 make money based on what they're hired for like I couldn't even imagine how challenging that that would have had to be at that time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And especially that, um, you know, that middle to older musician age where they've never had to do much online. They might have a website, um, but they've, you know, in some of their cases, they've never had to update it. <laughs> you know, they, they just, you know, and social Very media. Very rudimentary. Like, yeah. They might have, you know, been a little bit on Facebook here and there, but they're just so busy gigging that they've never had to worry about it. And their name is out there because they've been established for so long. Um, But then all of a sudden, everything, the only thing you can do is be online. And they have never experienced that. So it was just a real um, culture shock, you know, for so many people. Yeah. Yeah, definitely was. So, so um, if I'm not mistaken, your first member musician, was it Bruce? I think so, yeah. Bruce, Bruce Humphreys. Yeah, Bruce and Mike Newmeyer might be tied for um, first, yeah, but it might be Bruce. And, and Bruce, I really enjoy, like, there's a couple people, Bruce and Keith, who I think you've talked with yeah. recently, yeah. Um, people like that, Marcia. Um, they are, I love that they're still super involved with us because, um, even though it hasn't been that long, they, you know, they were doing events with us when we were still just the, um, pop-up style concert series. And so they've been really able to see things grow and progress since like Bruce was playing a rockabilly Christmas event in an art gallery um, right before COVID. And and that's how I liked to set things up, you know, initially is like we would do crazy events. um, Like Marcia, she did an Aretha Franklin um, tribute concert in the middle of like a campground area in Pike Lake State Park in uh, Hartford, because I like to just play around with crazy um, genres and in crazy places. We had a folk guitarist in Washington Park in the heart of like the city. Well, you had uh, you had Cola in Adventure. Oh yeah, Rock. exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. That's the one I always tell people. Like, this is what I mean by like unconventional venues. Like, like, which is, I mean, for one, that's just the most like on brand Cola thing uh, to you know play in Adventure Rock. Uh, yeah, Cola, but you know he thinks outside of the box too. So exactly. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, but, but, you know, those are memorable experiences that no one will forget. Everyone's going to remember that show they saw in Pike Lake State Park. Yeah, absolutely. And I know for some people, and that's, that's the fun part about the pop-up style concerts is, and I, and we're trying to get back to those again. Um, we have a little bit actually, um, is that you know, some people know about them a little bit in advance, but other people, most people are just so excited to just have happened upon them uh, that they like all of a sudden the virality of that um, 
is is just really exciting to watch and all you know just the the videos and the photos and you know the things that can just pop up like um you know when we did that event at um, washington park which is in the inner city um justin jagler he's he's now moved down to st louis but yeah. um you, you probably know him, right? They are the strangers. Yes, yeah. Yep. So he played in Washington Park and there were like three kids from the inner city like riding their bikes around during that event. Um, and it was really cool. And he, he would definitely tell you about this as well. Um, you know, it at the end of the concert, they all stopped and wanted to ask him about his guitar and his guitar playing. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just really refreshing because I think um, a lot of times we assume that certain types of people and, and demographics will only listen to certain types of music. Um, but these three inner city guys, they really, you know, they're probably like 10, 11, 12 years old. They were really drawn to his guitar and you could see they were just so enamored by it and they hung out they took the hang out the whole time they were riding around in circles but they could not wait for the moment to ask oh, him about that's it <laughs> that's lovely that's awesome yeah. yeah yeah and that and those are just the, the things you can't even plan on um when you're putting these things together um which i just loved about them so i, I can't wait to get back to doing a little bit more of that now that things are kind of you know fingers crossed this COVID thing is just like coming up again i think but yeah, you know, yeah but hopefully we'll get back to normal again shortly yeah yeah i mean i, I guess we never know people definitely should probably still be wearing masks right now uh <laughs> you know like but point is yeah i mean i i definitely hope so too we we all do and you've so you've and you've built the the, the roster up now to what is it almost got to be getting close to 50 artists or something like that now i think it's like 70 yeah 70 70 yeah. Wow. yeah yeah and we're kind of experimenting with musicians from outside the wisconsin a little bit um last week we had a couple weeks ago i'm sorry we had a young musician in town from virginia um but if we do that, we always incorporate a local musician as part of the show. Um, and then if they are member musicians from outside of Wisconsin, they have to be willing to come here to perform. Yeah, <laughs> so right. that's kind of how, how we do it. Um, so Joanna Kim was the person in town a couple of weeks ago. Um, she's uh, just an extraordinary 17 year old guitarist who's been winning guitar competitions like all over the place. Um, and that's how I met her is through a local guitar competition uh, that she had auditioned for online because it was only online at that year because of COVID. But, um, and we stayed in touch um, and very long story short, you know, I told her if she was ever looking for a place to come tour in or something and help her put one together here and she just kept getting bigger and better and she's like well you still want to do that and so <laughs> um so but yeah we made sure to always have a local opener for her here and um that was really really cool and that was her first time touring anywhere going anywhere for an event uh it was her first time in an airplane and first time in a hotel room actually as well and you know so that's you know that wisconsin will be like a big deal for her and she's gonna be going really far with her career um and wisconsin is you know that pivotal um place for her so um and while she was here she got to have a conversation with willie porter um yeah i you know and some other really great musicians too but um oh yeah yeah, we love that inter intergenerational uh, um, uh, connection of like you know creative joy. Uh, that's an incredible thing to see. Mm -hmm. So I have this right here. Here, <laughs> I have this right here, um, which I've been sipping out of for the past week now. Um, I was curious about. Uh, it's kind of blurry, but. Um, you know, I, I have some Wisconsin Music Ventures merch, obviously, I got the coffee mug and uh, uh, some 
I got the sticker and the, the t-shirt and the, yeah. the, you know, all that, all that jazz that you dropped off that one day. Um, <laughs> how, uh, who designed the logo for you? Um, you know, I had done, her name is Jen. Um, oh man, I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember her last name all, all of a sudden, but, um, before I started Wisconsin Music Ventures, actually, this is a, a, an interesting thing. If I haven't told you about it, um, I worked pretty heavily with the Wauwatosa Farmers Market, um, and I was on their board, and it was a pretty involved board. They didn't really, they have like a part-time uh, farmer's market manager who mm -hmm. works during the season with them, but otherwise the board does a lot. And I was uh, involved with them for about four years, and uh, I was their vice president and fundraising chair and stuff. Um, and I loved just like that whole community environment, and that's really probably why we went that route with um, Wisconsin Music Ventures too. Um, but anyways, the uh, graphic designer for the farmer's market is who I reached out to for um, okay. our logo here because I've always loved what she did for them. And uh, I knew that when we when I was starting something, it was like, I want something amazing that is really simple um, and functional. And yeah, so it's the perfect logo. For sure. <laughs> um, Thank you. Yeah, we're now getting it trademarked. So, yeah. Oh, good. Good. Um, what made you want to go with green? Uh, I, I was curious about that, like green and gray, the, the kind of the, the WMB uh, colors. Well, initially, um, when we started it, you know, again, it was mostly outdoor um, events. And I, I really actually when I first started it, um, it the initial original plan was for it to be just a summer thing because I was still part time uh, a school teacher. Um, and I really thought it was just going to be a summer series, um, outdoor only kind of thing. And um, that's why you might have seen our tip jars, they're wooden. Um, yeah. And so I really wanted that outdoor vibe. So green or wood um, sort of colors. And yeah. I still like that because it kind of is you know pays tribute to that idea which you know we still do a lot of really um but that's why the green is because um we want the outdoorsy kind of vibe yeah. and yeah it seems to still work but yeah that's that's why the yeah. colors i'll say yeah uh that would make sense um yeah. but yeah yeah no, the, the school teaching job had to also like that also went away with the medical issues too because um, cause I couldn't, like, I had to be so in and out with, um, the hospitalizations and they're like, you know, I was only part-time there, so they, I didn't have the benefits, you know, to, to cover me during that time. So yeah, it's, but then I was like, well, I guess I'm going to take this Wisconsin music ventures thing full time. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, here we are, obviously you did something right. Uh, <laughs> So you, um, so yeah, the roster is full of a wide, wide variety of, of musicians and artists, right? Like we've got um, singer songwriters, hip hop artists, um, <laughs> bands, jazz players, classical players, composers, uh, you know, like there's just such a vast array of artists um, that partake in lots of music ventures. Um, so there really is, um, you know, something here for everybody that doesn't dis discriminate against uh, anyone, depending on what they play, uh, as long as it, you know, uh, can cater to a generally like public facing environment per se. Mm -hmm. um, so that said, if you would care to share like what some of your, your, who your venue partners are, like sponsors, like just where you you've been able to make a lot of great events happen over the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of our earliest um, venue partners, um, which I really owe a lot to, is the Sharon Lynn Wilson Center for the Arts. Um, and I have to say they, you know, they definitely knew about me. That's where I was the guitar festival consultant. Um, 
and I had worked there part-time on and off. Like that's a, where I learned a lot of my um, business training from because I was a house manager there for some events. Uh, I worked in their box office when I was younger. Um, so they've been aware of me and what I've been doing. Um, but what, what none of us knew was coming, of course, was COVID. And then when, um, when they had to shut down their performances at this, you know, big fine arts center, they had to drop everything that they had planned for their whole upcoming season. Um, they were aware of us that had been around doing events for long enough with, you know, high level local artists. Um, they said, hey, um, we have, you know, we can't do inside events, but we have this beautiful outdoor space. They sit on a huge um, park area in Brookfield, uh, Mitchell Park. And they said, do you want to try some, you know, outdoor, we, they, they called it a colonnade cafe kind of series. And, and so they really were the first ones to suggest doing something um, regular outside um, during COVID. And, and it got really popular really quickly. And then they also saw that, you know, these musicians that are, that are just local musicians, you know, um, are just as good as the touring musicians they were bringing in for their regular events. And so now this last year, we were um, um, hosting uh, performing arts series in their cabaret style theater, uh, ticketed events for them um, in partnership with them. So it, it's been a really interesting progression there. And then people would find out from there, um, uh, you know, about what we had going on. So like the corners of Brookfield has become a place where we got involved with because they, they heard about us from the Wilson Center and, and places like that. We also do a lot with the Mayfair Collection in uh, Wauwatosa. Um, we have done a lot with no studios in Milwaukee. Uh, we do some things with schools. Where else have we been? Uh, Story Hill Firehouse in Milwaukee. That's a, a mainstay for us. We love there, that, that place too. Uh, we've been in Sheboygan, we've been in Green Bay, um, we've been in a couple other spots too. West Bend, um, their series, the Homegrown um, Foundation does a lot of really cool things there. So yeah, but those are some of the bigger ones. And yeah, the, but the Wilson Center is a really important place for us. Shout out to them. Uh, yeah. Bad stuff. Uh, and then if you'd care to share uh, more about like the team, because you know you've, you've built your team, uh, I, I guess I'm a part of the team. If, yeah, if you, of but, uh, uh, yeah. Who who else is uh who's uh you know working at this with you? Yeah, um, I have um, kind of my my right hand woman <laughs> is uh, Suzanne Singh, who's uh, a musician, singer, um, band leader. Uh, you heard it here first. Rocket Cat is playing Mr. Nice Guy Presents at Cactus Club on June 6th. Uh, right. I, yeah. I hope you can be there. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Shout out to Suzanne. She's dope. Yeah. So she's awesome. And she's, you know, um, yeah, she, she runs, you know, she does a lot of the events for us. Um, you know, at a certain point, we got so busy with events where, um, there was no way I could do all of them. Last year, I tried to do three events in one day and oh, yeah. um, I pretty much lost my mind. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So then I did, of course, have to start bringing in more people to help. And um, that was, you know, a whole learning experience and like, you know, oh my gosh, um, lots of growing pains along the way, but um, moving in the right direction. And so not long after is when Suzanne came in, we have um, Maya who, um, Thielen Herrera is her last name. Um, she's a saxophonist, but she is also really like, she went to a lot of our, um, our part-time employees went to UW um, Oshkosh because they have an amazing music business program, um, four-year music business program. And um, a few of them had, had started as interns with me, like Javier, who I think you've been in touch with a few times. So uh, he started as an intern and he's um, been part-time with us ever since. Javier does the marketing, um, the e-news, the images, any images that you see associated with us, 
graphic design, anything on social media. He does it all and he does it amazingly well. And yeah. he makes us look really good. And now it's like made me step up my game. Like when I'm yeah. sending documents around, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to make it look like Javier level, yeah. <laughs> which is good. Um, yeah. So yeah. yeah, he does that. Maya helps with events as well. She, she helps with our patron program, Lauren Lafond is a um, clarinet player, classically trained. She is getting her master's right now at UW-Milwaukee in music education. Uh, she helps to run our education program where we're, we do some things with schools locally. Um, and then we've got a few others um, like yourself and Nick O'Brien who, um, uh, yes, you're kind of more like adjunct maybe you would say. And you do, yeah, Ben does the um, spotlight write-ups on the artists, which is awesome. And we just, because we always want to find ways to promote the musicians that we're working with. Um, and then um, Nick O'Brien leads some of our um, meetups um, that are open to member musicians, but also musicians from anywhere, really, to just come hang out and talk, talk shop if you want. Sometimes we have topics um, to discuss, and he leads that monthly um and there's a couple others like bruce humphreys does help us with some things here and there um and i feel like i might be missing someone but those are the main ones sometimes my nephew has helped out at events yeah, yeah. <laughs> we get really um really big have those family ties of course yeah, yeah. bonus who's doing really well he's actually going to college next year and uh and studying music. So I was glad to have them help out. Oh yeah, some of my own music students who are teenagers have helped us at some events too. Um, awesome. Uh, yeah. it's a, that is a stacked cast. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, everyone is part-time, um, but I mean, for me, it's important to, uh, it kind of goes back to that community mindset, you know, um, it just it's more fun when there's more people involved and you can help each other out and um and you know lift each other up and also just like the more the more people involved like the more you find out about what's going on and like you can and it's it's been really helpful for me too like um even though we're not a nonprofit we're not set up as a nonprofit I don't want it to be like a dictatorship here. <laughs> I don't want to like um, run something where I'm the only one making decisions. So, um, you know, it is really important to have, um, you know, we have team meetings uh, where that kind of like the four or five of us that are, um, you know, running things, you know, day to day with the events, talk every couple of weeks and, um, you know, I'll, I'll throw things out there to them, like, hey, you know, what do you think we should do with this or that? Because I don't want to um, just be making all the calls, you know, especially if uh, many of them are now the ones doing most of the event work. So, um, yeah, so it's important to just have all the voices be heard. Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah. And then um, Chris, uh, Chris Adams is, is someone who kind of works with me at, at an advisory level. Uh, he's a friend of mine who went to um, high school with me actually way back. And he's, um, he's been a, like, he has his own business, a technology company. Um, but he has really helped me um, to kind of just be like a day-to-day -day business coach. Um, he's helped me during a couple of tough times and because um, he's run his own um, technology company very successfully. And so we've been able to use his space for a few things and um, yeah, just, yeah. He knows a lot more about um, business operations than I ever did. So <laughs> I can I can learn a lot right. from him. yeah. For sure, yeah. It's definitely have people who are specialized in those kinds of things to make it a, a bona fide uh, uh, system. Um, so that's great. Um, yeah, good stuff. And then my, uh, I only have a couple more questions uh, I wanted to touch on, um, but first is if you'd care to share a bit more about the Musicians Venture podcast. Yeah, thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, the Musicians Venture, we started that maybe about a year and a half ago, and that is a podcast that we just, um, we 
share the stories of different musicians uh, who are doing a lot of things or um, yeah, have stories to tell about what they have done in the business or like yourself, you, you work in and around the business, um, things that we can learn from those people who work in and around the business, how they got there, um, what advice they can give on what they do. Um, I always like to make sure to get a lesson learned from everyone who's on the show. And, uh, and then sometimes um, you, in between the interview, um, podcasts. I'll have like little short episodes where I'll give some advice uh, based on things that we've come along come, that have come up uh, from our different um, events or musician hangouts or things like that. So um, yeah, that's the the podcast. Done. Awesome. Uh, who's your most recent guest? Uh, the most recent guest. Um, you know, it's been a few weeks. I should actually check on that. I want to say it's Mark Tonelli, who is a jazz guitarist um, based in Illinois. And we do um, often have musicians who are not necessarily from Wisconsin. So like the podcast is the, the best way for us to kind of branch out to other areas because you definitely um, don't have to be in Wisconsin to learn from someone in the business. Right. Uh, to, to teach people about the business, um, but uh, yeah, and so we've had a, a lot, a lot of different people on that from all over. Although it still definitely leans heavily Wisconsin, um, probably fifty percent still being in the Wisconsin area. So, um, but I'm pretty sure it was Mark. So, sure, <laughs> yeah. I can I can fact check that no problem. Um, <laughs> sure, uh, I was curious. Um, well, my last thing, Allison, I wanted to ask is the question that I also ask everybody in our, in my spotlights every week, um, which is, yeah, just like, what are your goals for the next few months, for the remainder of the year? Like, just where do you want to take Wisconsin Music Ventures? Yeah, great question. Um, and you know what? sometimes when people ask me that I think I feel like they're expecting me to like say we're going to take over the world and you know something like that and um you know I have to say I I don't intend to do that <laughs> yeah it, it's overrated doing that yeah and that's I, a lot of responsibility <laughs> yeah, right yeah and so I really um I like the size that we're at right now, and I want to make sure that we are, you know, growing at a level that keeps it community based and um, effective at what we're doing. And so I really like where we're at right now. And, um, you know, we're still not even sure about what to do with, you know, coming out of COVID and how what the new normal is. So um, I'm kind of just wanting to see what happens in the next year, um, but we still definitely want to um, pursue working and, and, you know, getting involved with more musicians and getting the word out a little bit more, but I, I want to be a little cautious about that because we do definitely want to keep it an effective community, um, and uh, so yeah, I think um, I, I definitely want to get a little bit more involved with a few other parts of the state. Um, and I think that that is kind of, um, actually, I think I can tell you a little bit about that. One of the places where we are gonna be doing a little bit in um, the Lake Geneva area this um, cool. year. So Very uh, cool. yeah, and, and that's perfect. It's like, you know, it's, that's, that's kind of like the slow growth that we wanna do is nothing too excessive, but little by little, people might start hearing about us. And that's a good place for musicians to want to get out to because, um, well, I mean, it's like the home of Alpine Valley out in that neck of the woods. And uh, there's not a lot of other live music out there besides the huge stage. So, um, you know, why not um, try and get something going out there? So, um, yeah, so you know, we'll we'll take it one step at a time, but try to, um, yeah, try to, to grow in a moderate way, which is not very exciting. I realize. 
yeah yeah but it can be a necessary level of uh moving forward because yeah as we've learned over time we can't swallow the world whole um i've definitely tried to it's uh <laughs> it's uh stretched me thin so but that said um if folks if someone wants to maybe check out getting involved with wisconsin music ventures uh what's the best way for them to do that yeah, absolutely. We would love to to hear from you. WisconsinMusicVentures.com is our website. Um, and all of our social media feeds right into that. So um, yeah, Instagram and, and pretty much on all of our social media, it's WI Music Ventures for the handles. So, um, but yeah, all of it feeds into that. Um, you know, one thing I was going to bring up real fast is um, I, I often get asked if like, oh, is there going to be a Wisconsin Music Country stage at Summerfest? And I'm like, <laughs> you know, that's not really even on my like radar because I feel like there's other goals than that that we could have that we should have. Yeah. However, if they ever want to approach me for that, <laughs> we can that would be cool. I must say, that discussion. <laughs> especially because we need to get more local music in general over at yeah. Summerfest. And I know there's been you know, people who have been proactive in doing that, but that would be a rad conversation to have. So let me know if there's ever any developments on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, Allison, my last two questions that I ask everybody um, on the, uh, for the show. Um, the first one is, uh, you can answer this however you like, uh, what keeps you up at night? Oh my gosh. I have like a thousand ideas a minute. Can you imagine that? Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. That keeps me up at night sometimes too. Yeah. yeah. And then I get annoyed about forgetting them. So you're going to, I'll tell you a little bit about my level of crazy. I have post-its everywhere I go, like in every room of my post and by, on my nightstand, because I'm like paranoid and going to forget the ideas because I have so many of them and I want to keep track of them. Yeah. But uh ideas yeah. yeah oh yeah i keep a lot of notes in my phone for that reason yeah well on the flip side of that what puts you to sleep Ooh, you know a good day of hard work yeah you know? i work oh, my yeah. tail off and you know i don't know if that's exactly what you were getting at but that's exactly what i was getting i mean hey People answer that in all sorts of ways. Sometimes people say melatonin. Some people say <laughs> weed. Some people say <laughs> no. But a good, a hard day's work is a you know people. I love the way people interpret that question, but that's what puts me to sleep too. A hard day's work. Yeah. 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 And I you know I stopped drinking in uh, what like a couple years ago or so. And that's been it's like its own whole process and whatever. And I was I remember thinking like, I don't know how I'm gonna fall asleep at night when I stop drinking. <laughs> but um, it turns out if you like are just like when you're working hard, your your body is just going to do it for you. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Most, it happens. Yeah, most definitely, it it feels good to just fall asleep organically from using your mind body and spirit uh yeah. all day so uh allison thank you so much for being on the show uh yeah. had a great time chatting. it's always good to talk with you man yeah well shit we we make a dynamic duo i think uh <laughs> as far as podcasts go at least um but no it's been great to work with you uh and yeah, it's been a while since we've actually really like chatted and, and uh, chopped it up and it felt good to do that again. So uh, yeah, thank you so much for, for being here. Yeah, we'll have to schedule a hangout. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, we're, we're gonna do that. Um, we got to, um, but in the meantime, for everyone watching, uh, check out Wisconsin Music Ventures. Uh, come to some of our events. Uh, there's um, events happening all the time. Um, lot of talented musicians and artists that uh that we work with and uh it's a real joy so come hang um but uh
thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy, as always. And we will see you next time. Cheers. Right. Thank you.